We start with a quote from Ichazo on Holy Origin. Quote, The awareness that all individuals are born as the result of natural objective laws, that these laws continue to operate within them throughout their lives. Because all the laws are interconnected, each individual always has an intimate physical connection with the totality of reality, the cosmos. From this springs true originality. The holy idea for the fourth dimension is holy origin. As well as the above definition, Ichazo also gives a shorter definition. Everything starts in him, himself, in God, and everything is going to return again to him, himself. Let's say that in a more 21st century language. Everything starts in them, themselves, in God, and everything is going to return again to them, themselves. Both of these definitions say the same thing, one from the perspective of natural laws in relationship to the body, and the other in a more mystical way of seeing the idea. What does this mean? Each holy idea, as we have seen, presents a particular implicit truth about reality, a certain facet of how reality is and how it appears. If we perceive reality as it is without any filters, we will see these nine ideas as different manifestations of it. They are inseparable since they are nine different aspects, expressions or elements of the same experience. The facet of reality that is highlighted by holy origin is the perception and understanding that all appearance, meaning whatever that can be experienced and perceived, inner or outer, is nothing but the manifestation of being, the holy truth. inseparability from source. Everything is the unfoldment of being and hence everything is always intimately connected to being. In fact, the various phenomena we perceive are the unfoldment of being. This is a deep and radical perception, although it is subtle. We see that everything we experience is nothing but being itself appearing to us in various forms. Everything we experience is nothing but being itself appearing to us in various forms. We explored in preceding chapters the idea of holy work in which we saw that reality is always unfolding, being is always transforming from one form into another. Like a movie, reality keeps rolling and with the perception of holy origin, we see that what appears in that unfoldment is never disconnected from being, since it is being. The fact that reality is appearing right now as your body or your thoughts or your environment does not mean that these things are disconnected from being. 
everything then is intimately and inextricably connected to being. Being is the holy origin and everything is connected to and completely inseparable from that origin. So holy work emphasizes the fact that there is always an unfoldment taking place and holy origin emphasizes that, that this unfoldment is always the unfoldment of being. So as appearance manifests it never leaves being which means that we, we in the fourth dimension, never leave being. The interconnection of everything, including ourselves then, is by virtue of the fact that everything has as its inner nature the reality of being. We are connected by virtue of the fact that being is our true reality. Being is our true reality. Just as the body is inseparable from its atoms, so in appearance is inseparable from being. There is no such thing as a body separate from its atoms. Likewise, there is no world, no existence, no manifestation, no self, no appearance of a self separate from being. This inseparability of appearance from its source is the perception elucidated by holy origin. This is a very deep understanding which is not easy to apprehend. Without it we can have experiences of our essential nature which actually feel separate from who we are. For instance, we might have a profound experience of the presence of boundless compassion or of indestructible strength, but actually feel that we are having an experience of something other than who and what we are. Essence can feel like something that comes and goes rather than seeing that our perception of our inner nature is what comes and goes because that perception is not clear. Holy origin is the knowledge that we, we in the fourth dimension and our essence are not two distinct things. Essence is the nature of the soul. We might believe that the divine or God, in inverted commas, is something outside ourselves, residing somewhere else, which we are either connected to or not. Believing that we can be connected or disconnected from God means that we do not really, not yet, fully understand the idea of holy origin. The idea of holy origin can be formulated in many ways, depending upon the level or subtlety of realization. We have discussed what it means in a general way and now we're going to describe some of the different levels of its realization. The first level is perceiving it from the physical perspective, recognizing that we are connected to reality because the natural laws which operate in and through our bodies always connect us to reality. The next level deeper is the perception that everything, including oneself, originates in being and returns to being, that being is the ground in which and from which everything manifests. This is the experience of seeing that there is a source from which we come and to which we return in the fourth dimension, and that all of reality comes from and returns to this same source. It is like perceiving 
that the waves arise out of the ocean and return back into it. This is how reality is, whether we perceive it or not. When we are not perceiving this truth, we are asleep. When we say that the holy ideas are views of objective reality, we mean that this reality is not dependent upon our mind or our experience of it. It is how reality is. It is how it is, independent of our perceptions of it. So even though we might not perceive it this way, does not mean that it isn't this way, any more than the objective truth that my heart is pumping blood through my body is in any way dependent upon my perception of that fact. At this level, the perception is that reality is in a constant process of creation and dissolution, arising out of and returning back to the source. We perceive the unfoldment of manifestation as an emergence, a fountain of forms rising out of this source. While being is seen here as the ground in which and from which everything manifests, there is not yet the sense of co-emergence. There is the appearance and there is the source of it, so there is a slight sense of separateness. The Logos, the boundless dimension of manifestation, is seen here to arise out of being rather than being it. The Logos, the boundless dimension of manifestation, is seen here to arise separately out of being rather than being it. The third level of perception of holy origin is seeing that everything is nothing but being itself, differentiating, discriminating and articulating itself into the particular phenomena of experience. So there is no separation between appearance and source, nor is there connection between them, since there are not two things that can be disconnected. This third level, that of co-emergence, in which one recognizes that everything is always the source that is appearing in various ways, is the deepest possible way of seeing holy origin. And this is what we, in the fourth dimension, are on the path to seeing, to finding, to living. Levels of Source What we perceive to be the source from which everything emanates in the second level of understanding holy origin and with which everything is co-emergent in the third level goes through successive refinements. In other words, our sense of what the source is deepens. This understanding that being can be perceived in subtler and subtler depths is very specific to playing not only the game in our ego cages, in our dimensions of self, but also in playing the infinite game. We call the progressively deeper experiences of being the boundless dimensions. We see that as our experience of it deepens, being is perceived as having fewer and fewer qualities until in time it becomes completely qualityless.
Many spiritual teachings do not talk about the succession of qualities or structures of being, nor of the progression of experience of being to its ultimate depth. Buddhism, for instance, considers being as emptiness or as the union of emptiness and awareness, depending on the particular school. And that is the ultimate reality to which we are either connected or not. In our work, we might say that this is one perception of being, but there are other levels at which it can be experienced. The idea of holy origin, then, does not describe a particular level of being, but rather a relationship of appearance to being. So, our perception of holy origin will vary depending upon which level of being we are experiencing at any given moment. On the second and third level of understanding the idea, for instance, we might experience the whole universe as love and everything that appears as forms of that love. Or we might experience everything as pure presence, without any qualities, seeing that everything is just differentiations of that pure presence. The deepest perception, we might say, is seeing the absolute as the source, and everything as emanations that are indistinguishable from this source. Only at the third level of understanding holy origin might we be able to perceive that everything is the absolute. And this is what we might call the quintessential dimension. In this quintessential fourth dimension, which is different to the everyday fourth dimension, everything here is seen to be co-emergent with the ultimate source. To understand this idea more easily, we can relate it to the holy idea of the eighth dimension, which is that of holy truth, and the holy idea of the ninth dimension, which is that of holy omniscience. Holy truth as we have seen, is the perception that there is only one indivisible reality, so there is no duality. Holy omniscience is this same truth, but seen in terms of the oneness of appearance, perceiving multiplicity as a characteristic of the unity. So from the perspective of holy truth, there is only one thing, and from the perspective of holy omniscience, that one thing is made up of a multiplicity of objects. We usually believe that everything and everyone is separate and discrete, meaning not part of something larger, which is like believing that the whole universe could disappear and that the earth would remain. So, holy omniscience describes the same truth as holy truth, but seen from the point of view of differentiations. Holy origin also describes the same truth, but rather than describing it in terms of the absence of ultimate boundaries between the various phenomena, right, this would be seen from the eighth dimension, this idea describes it in terms of the absence of separating boundaries between those appearances and being. Holy omniscience refers to the horizontal oneness but holy origin refers to the vertical oneness. Nines in the ninth dimension are horizontal 
in terms of how they perceive oneness. Whereas we fours are going up, we're going vertical. Holy omniscience eliminates the sense of boundaries or separateness between things, and holy origin eliminates the sense of separateness between things and their source, which is being. In terms of our own experience, holy omniscience means that we are not separate from others or from the environment, while holy origin means that we are not separate from being our source and our essence. So, holy omniscience, you might say, is the absence of disconnection. This is a very ninth dimension place. The absence of disconnection on the same level. While holy origin is the absence of disconnection between levels. Holy omniscience is the absence of disconnection on the same level horizontally, while holy origin is the absence of disconnection between levels. The former looks at the surface and the latter looks at the depths. Holy omniscience tells us that all the waves on the surface of the ocean are connected, while holy origin tells us that the waves are part of the ocean and the whole ocean, waves and all, is the holy truth. The same realities being described, but with different emphases. Another way of putting it is that holy omniscience refers to the connection of all souls to each other. This is again a very ninth dimension experience of holiness, while holy origin refers to the connection of soul to its source. Holy origin refers to the connection of my soul, your soul, the soul, this individual soul, or so we perceive it, to its source. Our sense of this source or center changes, as we have said, according to the dimension in which we are experiencing it. On the individual dimension, this center is the point, the essential self. Then it becomes universal love. Then the supreme, which is pure being. Then the nameless, which is non-conceptual being. And finally, the absolute, which is absolute being. In the language that we've used to discuss the seventh dimension, and that of holy wisdom, we could say that the center of our mandala, which begins as the ego identity, a mental construct, becomes replaced with a progressively deeper center that is real. Sometimes our sense of that center will be essence, which is the true nature of the soul. Sometimes it will be other dimensions of being, deeper perceptions of the true nature of reality of which the soul is a part. Each of these perceptions is an understanding of holy origin in which the surface and the center are seen to be one, just as every circle or sphere has a center. The ego does not understand this, believing that essence or being or God exists somewhere else and we have to go out and search for it. This belief is due to the lack of understanding 
of holy origin. In reality, the center of everything is always the absolute. But we take it to be whatever the absolute is manifesting itself as in that moment. We might take our center to be our body, which is how the absolute is manifesting in this time. Or we might take our center to be pure being, for instance. What we perceive the center as is dependent upon our level of perception. So when we say I, it is always, it is always the absolute saying it. No one ever says I without it being the absolute saying it. The I is always uttered by the origin, whether we realize it or not. No one can say I except for the origin because of the mere fact that there is only one thing. I. 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 If we really understand holy truth, we are able to understand that there are not two, that duality is an illusion of the egoic mind. We might not be aware that we are the origin when we utter the word I, but nonetheless, it can only be the origin that is saying I. We have a case of mistaken identity then when we take the I to be something that our mind defines as us, as me, me in the fourth dimension, rather than I in the fourth dimension, or rather than I as holy origin. When the mind defines what is I, we have a fake center, a superficial center, a fabricated center, which we refer to here in these pages as the P. P-E-A. That is the normal identity, the identity of the personality, which functions as the center of our lives, of our actions, of our experience. We may feel that we are at the center of our experience. But for most of us, this center is merely ego identity. It's the ego cage. When we see through this, we initially start to maybe realize our center to be the point, the essential self. Then we can see that the point is nothing but the reflection of being in the mandala of appearance. To put it another way, the essential self is nothing but the appearance of being when we see it in everyday life. When we see this, we become more awakened to the nature of being and progressively let go of our subtle concepts until we realize being's absolute nature. Then we know that we are not connected to the origin. We are the origin. Ultimately, the origin is the absolute. But each of us is in a different place, in a different ego cage, in a different dimension, in terms of what we are able to e perceive and experience. So this is why we're discussing holy origin from these other levels as well. We have seen that to do holy work means to let ourselves be where we are. It means allowing ourselves to be wherever the unfoldment is taking us and to perceive and be in touch with whatever the unfoldment is causing to appear or manifesting in us as who we are. Ultimately, 
That is the absolute. But our perception might not be that deep yet. Many spiritual teachings refer to one dimension of reality as the only true one. And if we don't experience that dimension, the tendency is to invalidate our experience and to try to go to the level that the teaching is postulating. This disconnects us from where we are and blocks the unfoldment. If we see that there are many levels of truth, we take into consideration that there is then an unfoldment that goes progressively deeper and then we can allow ourselves to be where we are and allow the momentum of unfoldment to take us deeper. So while holy origin means that we are the absolute, we can experience this from wherever we are and by being where we are we allow the spirit to move us to that origin. Functioning as self arising. Holy origin is in the functioning corner of the Enneagram formed by points two, three, and four because it elucidates a truth about functioning. The upper corner, formed by points 8, 9 and 1, talks about the truth of the cosmos, while the corner formed by points 5, 6 and 7 discusses the human being in relationship to the cosmos. The functioning corner discusses doing or the functioning of transformation. We have seen that in the second dimension, that of holy will, holy freedom, there is the creation of holy work, which is the unfoldment of the universe. Holy origin shows that this functioning is a manifestation and an articulation of being into the various forms. Holy origin shows that this functioning is a manifestation and an articulation of being into the various forms. So we see functioning here as nothing but an articulated presencing of being. Functioning is nothing really but an articulated presencing of being. In other words, being presents itself in a differentiated and discriminated way without ceasing to be being in its purity. It's all one. A good way of expressing this is self-arising, a term used in spiritual literature, which means that everything is an arising that is intimately connected to the source of this arising. The absolute in its absoluteness is called the truth of non-arising, since it does not originate from anywhere and is constant and unchanging. So manifestation is an arising of the Absolute, which appears as everything without ever ceasing to be the Absolute. In reality then, the truth of Holy Origin is that there is simultaneous arising and non-arising. 
The truth of holy origin is that there is simultaneous arising and non-arising. When we focus on the arising quality of the transformation, we say that there is functioning and that is the appearance. When we see the fact that there is an unchangeability in it, that the absolute is always present, we call that non-arising. To talk about an arising out of the absolute is a contradiction, since it, the absolute, is unchanging and never arises. This is the mystery. To talk about an arising out of the absolute is a contradiction, since it, the absolute, is unchanging and never arises. This is a mystery. This is the mystery. We say that God, or the truth, never changes and is always the same, while in fact God is changing all the time, since God, life, is everything that we see. So which perception is the truth? Both are true, and this is something that we can't really understand. When we face this mystery, the mind has reached its limit and has to give up. Conceptual elucidation can only go so far, and ultimately, we end up facing paradoxes. While the threads no longer conceptually fit here, experientially, it makes total sense. Just as the atoms in the body are always atoms and always stay the same, while the body is constantly changing, the absolute is always unchanging, while there is always the arising of manifestation out of it. Seeing that these two phenomena happen simultaneously, vertically, rather than horizontally, is seeing holy origin. We are looking at two faces of the same thing. If we see two separate processes, we are seeing a disconnection, which is the absence of holy origin. And our goal in the fourth dimension is to see, not just to see, to experience, to be holy origin without disconnection from ourselves and from the Absolute. As I have said, holy origin can be experienced in many ways. The conventional way is feeling in touch with oneself. The sense that I'm connected with myself, I feel myself, I'm intimately in touch with myself, I know I am here. That's one way of seeing holy origin and maybe that's one way in which we see it or experience it also in therapy, these kinds of places. What changes is our experience of what that self is, as we have seen. What we know ourselves as becomes progressively deeper, if you like, or more vertical, or more vertically aligned. At the beginning, we might be in touch with our body, then we are in touch with our emotions, then we are in touch with our essence, and then, only then, we are in touch with the essential self. Then we are in touch with the boundless dimensions, with the infinite game. Until at some point we realize that to be in touch with ourselves, to be in this dimension of the self, we have to be in touch with the absolute because we have recognized ourselves as that. But this verticality can also be a little bit discombobulating. As our sense of identity goes deeper, as 
our sense of ourself is located at levels above what we might have realized ourselves to be, we might feel disconnected. Once we have recognized ourselves as essence, for instance, being in touch with our emotions feels like we are not completely in touch with ourselves. At the beginning, however, if we are someone who has been out of touch with our emotions, feeling them feels like a big revelation and that we are really in touch with ourselves. And this is the beginning of the experience of holy origin. For most people, being in touch with ourselves feels like a radical departure from our ordinary experience and a profound sense of connection with something deeper. While this is how holy origin manifests on the surface, the deeper we go, the more expanded our sense of that connection becomes. We also see that the moment we use an image to be our center, that becomes the ego identity, that becomes the ego cage, which disconnects us from what our sense of origin is at that moment. The deepening of our experience of what our origin is, is the same thing as our images and concepts thinning or becoming more transparent or progressively being let go of. The deepening of our experience of what our origin is, is the same thing as our images and concepts thinning or becoming more transparent or progressively being let go of, even in the fourth dimension, especially in the fourth dimension. While we speak of a progression of realization of the origin, a progression of realization of the origin, that vertical progression, if you like, in reality, we never leave it as we have seen. However, actually perceiving this is a very deep realization. It is far easier to see that we are an extension of the source as opposed to realizing that we are not only an extension of it, but that we never leave it. When most people experience the absolute, they still see it as a source that they come from and return to. To see that it is everything, that even physical matter is the absolute, is a much more radical experience and a further integration of reality. While this is objectively the truth, because the absolute and appearance are one, for a long time we see everything as arising out of being or the absolute or that absolute is the ground underlying everything. To recognize that even the forms themselves and even our images are made out of it is difficult to perceive and to experience because of not having yet fully realized the idea of holy origin. When we reach this level of experience, even the concept of an origin no longer makes sense. Spatial metaphors altogether cease being relevant when we experience co-emergence at this third level of realization of holy origin. At this level, we perceive that there is no place that is the origin, while another place is separate from it. We can't even speak of connection here since there is only one. And by that, we mean that appearance and being are inseparable. There is only one when appearance and being are inseparable. At this level, it is not as though the forms disappear, rather our understanding of them changes. We 
ordinarily think of physical reality as solid matter, of objects existing on their own. In terms of objective reality, there is no such thing. But this does not mean that there is nothing there. The forms exist, but in a different way than we had thought. They exist as articulations that are expressions of the creativity of being. That creativity is what we see as the world. So there is no question of whether physical reality ultimately exists or not. The question is, what is the nature of what we are perceiving? There is no question of whether physical reality, thoughts, emotions, perceptions, bodily sensations exist or not. The question is, what is the nature of what we are perceiving? If we consider a hand, my hand, the hand that I'm holding at the moment, the hand that is holding itself, and the atoms that constitute it, we cannot ask which one is ultimately real, since they are two elements of the same thing. If I look at my hand under a microscope, I will only see the atoms. But does this mean that the hand has ceased existing? This is analogous to the idea of ego death. It is not that the personality dies, we escape the ego cage forever, but that we are experiencing ourselves at a deeper level, that the cage itself is no longer a cage, that the cage is part of everything and it no longer traps us. All that has ceased is the idea that our ego identity is all that we are, that our cage is all that we are, or that we are trapped in the cage. Nothing dies. We are just seeing things at a different level. The idea of holy origin means that we are seeing both levels at the same time. We're looking at our hand with two lenses. One lens sees the hand and one lens sees the atoms. But both at the same time. separate identity. We have explored freedom from the perspective of holy origin. Now we will turn to the patterns of ego-stuckness that derive from the lack of this perspective. It is summarized well in the following quote from Don Juan in which we can take silent knowledge to mean origin as we have been defining it. This comes from Castaneda. Quote, as the feeling of the individual self becomes stronger, we lose our natural connection to silent knowledge. We, as moderns, being heir to that development, therefore find ourselves hopelessly removed from the source of everything that all we can do then is to express our despair in violent and cynical acts of self-destruction. Don Juan asserts that the reason for our cynicism and despair is the bit of silent knowledge left in us, which does two things. One, it gives us an inkling of our ancient connection to the source of everything, and two, it makes us feel that without this connection, we have no hope of peace, of satisfaction, of attainment.
This quote expresses well what happens when the idea of holy origin is lost to our consciousness, which is the same thing as the arising of the specific delusion, you might say, of the fourth dimension. The loss of the holy idea and the arising of the delusion are simultaneous and not casual, as we have seen. To conceptually elucidate the delusion of the fourth dimension, I will compare this to the fifth dimension. Because holy transparency, which is the holy idea of the fifth dimension, is the perception that there are no ultimate separating boundaries in reality, such that it is not possible to exist as a separate entity. The loss of it leads to the conviction in the concept of ego boundaries that separate the individual self from others. From the understanding of developmental psychology and object relations, this sense of separating ego boundaries that is based on the body's boundaries is one of two primary defining structures of the individual self. The other structure is that which arises as a result of the loss of holy origin. Holy origin, as we have seen, has to do with the connection to our depths, to the source, which is the center of our consciousness. So its loss gives rise to the delusion of a separate identity. This ego identity, what we call the P, the cage, separates us not from each other, as in point five, but from our center. In other words, the specific delusion, we might say, of the fourth dimension is the conviction in the concept of separate identity, that our I is ultimately separate, independent, different, unique. This is the element of the ego that has to do with the feeling of identity, the sense of self, as opposed to the demarcating boundaries that are the province of the fifth dimension. It is the sense that our identity exists on its own, separately and independently from all other people and all other things. Those in the fourth dimension, in fact, typically take great pride in having a somewhat original, unique and independent self. Holy origin tells us that this is a delusion since our true identity is the absolute itself, which is the center of everything. If we believe that we have an independent and separate source, then everyone must have their own absolute, which of course is impossible. Holy origin shows us, shows me, that I am connected to the holy origin, and so is everyone and everything else. While everyone and everything is an expression of the same source, each is a unique expression of that source. No wave is exactly like any other wave. No cloud is exactly like any other cloud. When we understand uniqueness from this perspective, we realize that uniqueness is not specialness, nor is it based on separateness. This means that wherever we believe we are original, we are merely expressing ego identity. What most of us call originality is this expression, and most of us believe that we are expressing ourselves and being unique and original when in fact we are expressing our ego identity. We are expressing something from the cage. 
So a characteristic of the delusion of the fourth dimension is this obsession about originality and uniqueness, which will color even our understanding of the experience of self-realization, the essential self, the point. In reality, the point is a reflection of the origin, the ultimate source. So if we still have the delusion of the separate self, even experiencing the point, even experiencing the deepest dimension of four, will not alter our conviction that we have a separate, independent, and ultimately abiding identity. It is, it is though we were out on a full moon night, holding a cup of water and staring at the moon's reflection in our cup and believing that we have our own moon. Everyone, you could say, goes around believing that they have a separate identity from everyone else. We all fall under the delusion that the point, the cage, indicates separateness from other identities instead of seeing it as the expression of holy truth, that it is, in fact, the transition from the mandala of one's life to its ground and source, that it is what connects the soul to the source of everything, to what Don Juan calls silent knowledge. And let's just remind ourselves here that when Almas refers to the mandala, um, this reference is not only to the geometric figure represented in Hindu and Buddhist symbolism, but also uh, this more psychoanalytic understanding, which is a symbol in a dream representing the dreamer's search for completeness and self-unity. The mandala is the symbol in a dream, in the dream of life, in the dream of consciousness, representing the dreamer's search for completeness and self-unity from the Sanskrit mandala, meaning disc. So the transition from the mandala or the mandala <laughs> of one's life to its ground and source, this is what connects the soul to the source of everything. This is what we might call silent knowledge. In a rose bush, are the roses ultimately unique and separate from each other? From the egoic perspective, we tend to focus on the separate rose, on the separateness of all the roses, rather than on how they are part of the same bush. So when a person experiences the point, the point of themselves, the point of their dimension of self, and thinks that they have an independent identity, well, this is really the ego identity, the the cage, the P, believing it has an independent identity. Despite this deep experience of realization, if one has not integrated holy origin, one's ego identity will just perpetuate itself through believing in its separate identity. So we could say that the point is really nothing other than what connects the soul to the absolute. This is one reason we call it the point or the dimension of the absolute. It is a point of connection between the soul and its origin. This is similar to how the lack of integration of holy transparency affects one's experience of the personal essence of the pearl. 
If one's perception is clouded by the delusion of a separate self, the presence of the ego identity, of the cage, will make us think that not only are we a personal expression of essence, but also that we have a separate essence. We will experience the personal essence then through the filter of ego boundaries. So the delusion, if you like, of the fifth dimension gives the experience of the pearl boundaries and the delusion of the, of the fourth dimension gives the experience of separateness, point separateness. Despite repeated and profound experiences of these essential aspects, these subtle differentiations may persist for a long time until we see through the delusions obscuring our perception. So just as ego boundaries give the delusion that the autonomy of the pearl means separateness from others, ego identity gives the delusion that the uniqueness of the point of our ego dimension means not only being different from others, but also, and more importantly, being separate from the ground of being. While it is true that any type falls are prone to this delusion, we must not forget that the delusions are ego principles that are true for all ego types. We all suffer from fourness. We all suffer from this kind of delusion that um, us in the fourth dimension um, know very well. Everyone then has the delusion that one's inner nature, one's sense of self or sense of identity is distinct and separate, discreet and independent. It is the conviction that I, this I, has an independent separate self and separate identity. The delusion of the fifth dimension is like believing that, you know, you're a balloon and that its boundaries define you. And the delusion of the fourth dimension is like believing that the, you know, that the air inside the balloon is independent, separate and different from the air inside other people's balloons. My air smells and feels different. This conviction separates us in this moment from a sense of presence, which is our true center. Believing that one is a separate self with a separate identity makes the soul experience itself as disconnected, cut off from its source. The lack of the idea of holy origin manifests as a specific delusion, and this delusion goes along with the loss of holding in the environment and with the loss of basic trust. And we all know what that feels like in the fourth dimension. Experiencing the delusion as part of the experience of the holding environment will be seen as what we might call the specific difficulty of this dimension in the Enneagram. Experiencing the delusion as part of the experience of the holding environment is the specific difficulty of this dimension. Experiencing the delusion from the perspective of the loss of basic trust will be experienced as the specific reaction that we have in this dimension. So, from the perspective of the fourth dimension, the loss of holding is experienced from the point of view of the delusion that there is a separate identity and center. The specific difficulty, then, is the experiential state of feeling disconnected, estranged, 
alienated, cast out and abandoned. This feeling state is different from the sense of isolation, which is more that of the fifth dimension. In the fourth dimension, the feeling is that of disconnection. Disconnection from oneself, disconnection from reality, disconnection from the source. This is what gives us, in the fourth dimension, the sense of melancholy, of despair, of sadness, since the disconnection is ultimately from the beloved, from the ultimate source. So, the state of disconnection is, a, is understandably a painful condition in which we feel not held, but we also feel estranged from the source of holding. This is why perhaps it is often cast as a kind of narcissistic difficulty, but experienced specifically as being cut off, being unreachable, or feeling that the source of holding the beloved is unreachable. So we are seeing here the particular way that the loss of holding is experienced when reflected through the facet of this particular delusion, of this particular ego cage, in contrast to the sense of connection in which we feel at home, at peace with ourselves, and intimate with the beloved, with the source with holy origin. This sense of disconnection resulting from the loss of holding makes the idea of holy origin for us in the fourth dimension when we are suffering it inaccessible. It goes along with the belief that we, we have a separate identity because without that sense of separateness how could we be disconnected? So inherent in the feeling state of disconnection and estrangement is the delusion that we are a separate self with a separate identity. This feeling of disconnection can be experienced on any level, beginning with feeling out of touch with ourselves or somehow disconnected, alienated, estranged. It can become deeper and more specific, manifesting as the sense that we have been cast out of heaven, that what is lovable is inaccessible or unreachable, that we are alone and abandoned and lost with no way to come into contact with what is real. Or it can also be experienced as the feeling of disconnection from our true nature, disconnected from what is real in us. The effort to control the absence of the holy idea also manifests as the absence of trust because the holding is lost, which leads to the absence of basic trust. So the specific reaction that results is the expression here of distrust filtered through the belief in a separate identity. It is the ego activity of control, the attempt to control one's experience so as not to experience the feeling of disconnection. This activity of controlling basically supports our identification with our ego, with our ego cage, which creates a fake center to avoid experiencing the absence of a real center. The ego cage is a fake center to avoid experiencing 
the absence of a real center. Here we find that we cannot separate the ego cage from the activity of control, or to phrase it differently, we cannot separate ego identity from the actual activity of control. Ego identity is control. It's all about control. So the loss of control would amount, and this is why it feels scary, would amount to the loss of self, revealing the underlying absence of the real self, which, as we have seen, is the true connection to the source, the source of everything. Control of one's inner and outer experience is an attempt, in a sense, to feel connected. If I can control another in some way, control them to respond to me when I am seeking connection. If I can control my beloved, which is to say, if I can find that connection with this beloved, then maybe I hope to experience the conscious reality, which could also be the delusion that I am connected. Physically, the activity of control is characterized by a contraction in the region of the perineum. Through toilet training, we learn early on to control ourselves through contracting the anus. And every time we control everything as adults, we also contract that region of the body. This contraction creates a sense of center, creates a kind of asshole, <laughs> as sometimes those in the fourth dimension are referred to. A very nice arsehole, but it creates an arsehole, a center within oneself, which, as we have seen, is missing when we are identified with the ego cage. In this way, the activity of control gives us, we might say, a false sense of center, an arsehole. There we go, a personality, the nice arsehole, masking the absence of connection with our real center. This reaction of controlling becomes generalized to all stressful situations or experiences and does not remain limited to the experience of disconnection. Whenever there is any difficulty in our lives, our tendency is to try to control ourselves, the self, you know, in the ego cage, and also one's environment, others. So, rather than connecting us, the attempt at control ends up only supporting our sense of being an ego and being in an ego cage, someone who is cut off from what is real. This controlling of experience is in sharp contrast with the sense of complete freedom of the source. This freedom is complete openness and flow, since at the very center of who we are, there is not a hint of control. Here we are again, looking at ego activity as we did in exploring the specific reaction of point seven, the seventh dimension. But we are considering it from a different perspective. In the seventh dimension, we can see how inherent in the ego activity is the behavior of planning. While here in the fourth dimension, we are seeing it as an attempt at control. So, the specific difficulty of disconnection and the specific reaction of control becomes, we might say, the core of this dimension, the fourth dimension, formed around the seed of 
our fourth dimension delusion. Dealing with this core is usually a pretty painful and scary process, but if we are to see through it so that the core can dissolve and that we are then free to reconnect to the holy idea involved, for us it's this verticality of holy origin, then you could say <laughs> the only way, the only way out, the only way into this holy idea is going through with the painful and scary stuff. Control is an expression of distrust, so if we allow ourselves to lose this control, the distrust will be exposed. This distrust then needs to be explored because its absence makes us feel frightened and therefore having to control. As we feel and explore this, we might get in touch, you could say, with the specific difficulty of our, of our fourth dimension and ultimately with the delusion that forms the kernel of it. So, as we are seeing, every time we explore the core of a dimension, we are dealing really with a whole constellation, a whole complex. Control is only one of nine mechanisms that perpetuate the existence of ego. The nine specific reactions of each point on the Enneagram. In time, we see that all the reactions are actually part of the same ego activity. Sometimes one of them is more prominent in our awareness, but they are all present in egoic activity, in whichever cage we happen to find ourselves in, just as each of the holy ideas are all present when we see reality objectively. When we see all of these activities that are the expressions of distrust, we see the nine pillars that uphold egoic existence and constitute the structure of our stuckness. We are studying the nuances of the ego in a very minute way, and as we progress through the nine points, we are going to be considering one side after another. The more we let ourselves explore and question the nine threads holding the ego together in this way, the more they begin to unravel. In exploring the question of holy origin and the consequences of its absence, we are dealing with one of the dilemmas of being a human animal. Human animals have two options. One, being in contact with the source, or two, being in a state of disconnection from it. Being disconnected from the source, which is to say, being in the ego cage, is not the loss of a luxury, of something extra. This loss lies at the very heart of human suffering, because this source constitutes our most real nature, the true center of who we are. Without it, Life is deadened in all its aspects and becomes meaningless. We don't simply lose a sense of peace or contentment or the intimacy of feeling at home with ourselves, but we also lose the source of all our real capacities that we need to deal with and live our lives fully and correctly, if you like. So this is not a small loss or simply a philosophical loss. It's a very practical and immediate one. 
working on regaining our holy origin in the fourth dimension, realizing our unity with our source, is not supplemental, something to do when everything else is taken care of. It is basic. It is fundamental. Not to do it is like trying to live our lives without our insides, without our bodily organs. Well, what kind of life can we live? Without the connection of our source, in which our life is lived as a continuity of being, life becomes a prolongation of hollowness. And I think we in the fourth dimension are keenly aware of that, that without this connection to our source, looking outwards, looking for an outer beloved, but without our connection to our source, to the beloved of the inner absolute, in which our life is lived as a continuity of being, life in the fourth dimension becomes a prolongation of hollowness. Disconnection from the source. So the loss and the sense of feeling disconnected, that is the specific difficulty, we might say, for this dimension. And it is a difficulty that is experienced as a kind of wrenching estrangement. To really get a sense of it, imagine a two or three-year-old child who has been more or less continually with its mother and then is taken away from her suddenly and completely. How would this child feel? What condition would the child be in? Even if the child survives, life loses its flavor and becomes dull. There is not only emptiness, but also grief and depression. So the sense of disconnection that we are discussing here is a profoundly unhappy state in which it feels like the one we love the most is unreachable and inaccessible. I'll say that again. Our sense of disconnection, disconnection in the cage of four, in the dimension of four, is a profoundly unhappy state in which it feels like the one we love the most is unreachable and inaccessible. And we may even, as I have certainly done, relegate that unreachable and inaccessible beloved to a physical human animal entity, to one who maybe for a time played the role of that beloved in relationship to us, but who is now unreachable and inaccessible. This is a profoundly unhappy state. All human endeavors are ultimately attempts to regain that connection, attempts to return home, to go back to where we feel contented and without worry, where we feel things are just the way they should be. Everyone is working on the same task of returning home, whatever their projects and enterprises. But trying to return home is a very tricky and subtle thing because we are estranged by the very way that we see ourselves and by the way in which we are trying to return home. For us in the fourth dimension, it is often about trying to return to the beloved, 
return to that paradise lost of the beloved. It is not, however, that we were thrown out of paradise as punishment for something we did wrong, although in the fourth dimension, boy, don't we feel that. Nor it is a matter of doing some exercises or going through some difficulty to regain contact with the origin. To regain the origin is, in a sense, the process of annihilating the ego cage, of annihilating oneself. Because the very way that we think and the way that we perceive ourselves is what disconnects us. As we have seen, what disconnects us is the delusion that we are a self with a separate identity. So it doesn't matter what we learn, what we attain, what we gain, how far we go. These things will not reconnect us. I will not be reconnected to my beloved in her ninth dimension, in her ego cage of nine, as long as I believe that there really is a beloved in the ninth dimension who I am trying from the fourth dimension to reconnect to. Even talking about connecting is a kind of linguistic formulation. It's not accurate since the disconnection itself is a delusion. And of course, speaking as a four here in the fourth dimension, I understand this conceptually, but it's very, very hard to see that other than from a conceptual standpoint. Although the disconnection that we sense is not ultimately real, we experience it as real psychologically because reality is such that our beliefs, our basic attitudes, thank you, REBT, determine our experience. If we believe that we are independent entities, we will experience ourselves as independent entities and hence as disconnected entities. If myself in the fourth dimension and my beloved in the ninth dimension are different or separate, then there will be this experience of disconnection. So the return home to our source is a matter of education, we might say. It's a matter of seeing through certain beliefs. But in letting them go, we are also letting go of the very fabric of who we believe ourselves to be. So the process is kind of difficult, very subtle, very radical. We can fight or complain or kick and scream in protest about our predicament, as we often do in the fourth dimension, but all of these struggles are simply the expression of the belief in a separate identity and, and really do nothing to change the situation. Even if we have an experience of grace or blessing, it is often temporary and does not dissolve the belief that we are someone who is disconnected because we are so busy defending the belief that we are someone who is separate. Since God, since life, if you like, may be seen as merciful, very, very hard to experience that in the fourth dimension, but may, as an idea, let's just hold that there as an idea, may be seen as merciful. Life, God, lets us believe whatever we want to believe. <laughs> uh, life is not going to take away from us something we cherish. And boy, do we cherish that belief as falls in the fourth dimension. 
So as you can see, a bit of a dilemma here. We have to turn ourselves inside out in a sense so that we can see reality in a way that is completely different from the way we usually see it. It is not as easy as changing the lens, to use that term from Jerry Wagner, through which we are looking at reality. It's more like we have to completely strip ourselves of everything that we are wearing, which means stripping ourselves of a very sense of self. So how do we do that? We are trying to understand the subtlety of the situation, how we believe in our separate identity, how this belief is a constant, crystallized, entrenched and deep conviction that we have taken to be objective reality and how this very conviction is really equivalent to the disconnection from our source. As we have seen, this disconnection is not real, even though it feels real. Holy origin, however, reveals that all of appearance is always part and parcel of the source at all times and in all situations universally. As I am reading this to you here, I am Hamid Almas. There is no disconnect between me and Hamid Almas and Hamid Almas and everyone else. So the disconnection is itself not an objective experience, but a subjective one that is determined by having particular images and beliefs in our mind upon which our attention is then riveted. By perceiving the delusion and by working through the painful emotions connected with the delusion, we allow the possibility for our attention to be less focused through that delusion. In this way, our perception becomes free to see things as they really are, which to some extent, as I am reading, I am in that space. But as soon as I look up from the page, I am back in the fourth dimension. We all may have experienced connecting with moving closer or further away from the source, as though there is the beloved and there is you and a disconnect or a rapprochement occurs. We've all had these experiences, but they are perhaps part of the delusion because although they bring us closer to ourselves and, our, and, and though our hearts may open some, as certainly I felt my heart opened a great deal in my, in my last relationship with the human animal that um, I became attached to. This is all still based on a lack of perception of the objective situation. And the objective situation is that the beloved is not an object that we can move towards or we can move away from. The beloved is always there. The beloved is in the Godhead, which is why nowadays I am in, I am in connection with my beloved in the Godhead, as I like to call it. If I want to speak to my beloved, I speak to my beloved in the Godhead. The, the, God, the, the beloved is always there. I am always there. We are always there. We are one in the Godhead. The source, the Godhead, is not something that is an other. The source, the Godhead, is not an object of perception, nor is it a conceptualized percept. It's not a dimension. It's not like the fourth dimension. The source or the origin is the very nature of what we are and everything that is.
So even though at the moment I am able to access this Godhead by, by recording messages like this one um, and speaking to my beloveds and to myself uh, in, this, in this space of the metaverse, in the audible metaverse um, that is the internet, my connection to the source, or rather my being of the source and the source being of me, is not separate in any way from anything else. The source or the origin is the very nature of what we are and of everything that is. It is not only pervasive and omnipresent, it is completely 100% co-emergent with and indistinguishable from everything and anything. I'll say that again. The source or the origin is the very nature of what we are and of what everything is. It is not only pervasive and omnipresent, it is completely 100% co-emergent with and indistinguishable from everything and anything. This perception is very difficult to attain and also difficult to maintain Oh yeah, because of our continuous belief, our continuous basic attitude supported by all kinds of things in our lives that we are independent entities and that reality or true nature is something that we can gain or lose, that we can gain a beloved and we can lose a beloved. Whereas of course in the source and when I connect with my beloved, my lost beloveds, my gained beloveds in that space, I recognize that, of course, there is no loss, there is no gain. There is just simply love. Complete resolution of this dilemma cannot really happen unless we truly, genuinely, authentically, and sincerely investigate for ourselves the situation in its complexity, in its subtlety, in its profundity, and find out for ourselves what the objective truth is. This is not something that will happen through an experience, because as we have seen, experiencing holy origin is not enough. It's kind of transitory. The delusion needs to be seen as a delusion again and again and again and again and again. And this requires a great deal of deep investigation and study of the content of our consciousness and the content of our belief systems. The idea of holy origin is implicit in the attitude of the infinite game, which is about truth. In the infinite game, the method, if you like, is a matter of seeing, understanding, and realizing the truth. The truth is ultimately the holy truth, and its essence is the holy origin. By doing the holy work, which is being present where one is, one's assemblage point is moved from one aspect to another, and then from one dimension to another, until one realizes the point the dimension of everything, of the Godhead, and of love, not the L word, of love, the love that is everything. And following on from this, this is something we can look forward to even if we don't have it yet, 
is a deeper living in, through, with, being in its increasing subtleties. Loving the truth is finally about loving the origin, one's source and centre, the origin of love. This understanding, we might call it a lived understanding, can only reveal one truth. And that truth is that we are never, never disconnected from the origin, which means that we are never, ever disconnected from the beloved, which means that we are never, ever disconnected from love. Yeah. 
know the door to my very soul. You're the light in that deepest, darkest hour. You're my savior when I fall. Well, you may not think that I care for you, but you know down inside.
Thank you very much.